Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Pod. My name is Ray. I am your host. And on today's episode, going to be talking about a bakery here in Columbus called Pistachio Vera. So uh, it's actually got two locations in Columbus, one in German Village. The other is in the North Market. But right now, the North Market location is closed just due to coronavirus. The one in German Village is open. They opened actually back up on the beginning of June. Um, they shut down kind of middle of March when everybody else did. So they were closed about a month and a half or so. Uh, they kind of revamped their website so they can do online ordering and stuff now too as well. And they have it set up so if you go to actually pick up your order, you can still go inside too and, and order um, without doing anything in advance. But they have like a line set up outside the building. It's kind of covered in an umbrella tent thing too as well. So everybody's six feet apart, a couple people going at a time. Um, they have it really thought out, spaced out very well, but the, um, the base, the pastry itself, uh, the pastry shop was founded back in 2004. So it's owned by, uh, Spencer and Ann Brudos. Uh, they're Columbus natives. They grew up in Bexley, um, actually. And then once they graduated, they kind of separated. So Spencer, um, he went out West after college. He went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and actually started working at the Fairmont Scottsdale Princess Hotel. He was there on an apprenticeship through the American Culinary Federation. And then he, during part of that uh, apprenticeship, he rotated through like all the different parts of the, the kitchen, all the different stations. Uh, and he just kind of found that pastry was where he was allowed to be the most creative, but it still had enough structure. Uh, to kind of keep him focused in a singular direction in a way, but he could still do what he wanted, uh, kind of create something from nothing, but also use his hands as, you know, what he kind of wanted to do. So when it came time to kind of rotate out of the pastry station into another one, he, he asked that, you know, they don't rotate him out. He just kind of wanted to stay there. So uh, he continued working at that hotel after his apprenticeship too. He stayed there for about like 10 years or so. And then pretty much he decided he wanted to come back to Columbus. It's where he wanted to raise his family and everything. Um, his sister, meanwhile, she was over in Virginia. She was working as like a financial planner. And she kind of came to the same conclusion as well, that she wanted to actually, you know, move back to Columbus where she's from. That's where she wanted to raise her family to as well. So they both kind of moved back and kind of thrown around some ideas about starting, um, you know, a, a bakery basically. Um, so they were just kind of brainstorming and came up with the name, uh, pistachio, um, which eventually turned into pistachia, but the name itself, I guess, is supposed to represent, you know, like an emotional ingredient, something of a special value, but it's still accessible, um, is kind of the thought process behind the name. So they, uh, you know, basically teamed up and so Spencer does all the, the baking, all the culinary aspect of the business. And then Anne runs the financial side and kind of like the back office operations. And so they founded that, uh, the first location, uh, basically in, in 2004, it was August that it opened. It actually opened in the short North. Um, and then, you know, it kind of started getting kind of a niche following, um, through Spencer, basically, the way he presents each kind of creation on its own, he never replicates the flavor or design in another um, thing that he creates. So people, you could eat two things with the same main ingredients side by side, but you still be able to tell the difference between the two and taste just by how everything else is structured. 
um, in the dessert. So he changes them with the seasons too as well. Pretty much all of them are limited edition by default um, just because they change, you know, he'll change one or two every week, but then he'll do an overhaul of the menu too as well. So it just kind of depends on how the, you know, creative juices flow that he decides when to change things and when to tinker with things and, and whatnot. So if you see something basically on the menu that you're interested in, you kind of have to get it now or get it then because it will be tweaked a little bit, even from like week to week, potentially, depending on like ingredients and stuff like that. And then it's possible that it could just fall off the menu completely for like six months um, to a year until next year. So um, that's kind of how it's just naturally ran um, by default. It wasn't really intentional that way. It was just kind of how his, you know, creative process works that kind of led to to that limited edition type style. So, um, but pretty much in 2007, um, they, so they were in the short north for three years and then they decided to move it to um, German Village and they actually took over uh, the former home of Thurn's Bakery and Deli. Uh, that was basically... Um, you know, this 102 year old two story building, um, it was formerly owned by George Rayner, uh, from the 1930s to the 1970s. And then he sold it to the Plank family. Um, so you might recognize some of these names if you're from Columbus, actually the Rayner uh, name is still on the side of the building. If you walk up, I forget what street that is. Um, one of the side streets, if you approach it, it's basically the building behind you know the shop itself it's all attached but it's like a gray brick building and it has the Reiner name on top that's right where their kitchen is essentially um, so that's still there but the Plank family bought it from them uh, they changed the name uh, of the bakery uh, to Thurns but they left the insignia on the side of the building which is still there as I mentioned um, but they basically decided to move from the short north because they were a day business and the short north was turning into more so a evening and nighttime destination for Columbus. Um, short north is between downtown and campus. So now, I mean, it's changed a lot, even from, from 2007 and 2004 times. Um, cause before that kind of all the nightlife activity was in the brewery district before the short north became a thing. And then the short north area was very artist focused but now, because of all the renovations that they've recently done over the past couple of years, a lot of those businesses have been pushed out. And I'm talking recent, like 2015 and on. So a lot of the artists and everything have been pushed out. And they've been going to some in German Village, but a lot in like Franklinton, which is kind of the new arts district because of... In Franklinton, you have the art lofts. So there's a lot of artists that can rent space in there. And then they open up their doors like... Uh, I think it's like the second Friday of every month they do kind of like a showcase. So people can come in, look at the art, kind of get to know some of the local artists, buy pieces if there's something that, you know, they're interested into as well. So it's a pretty cool concept that they have in Franklinton. Um, I think it's called Franklinton Fridays. And it's pretty much the second Friday of every month. I don't know if they're still doing it because of coronavirus and everything like that. They might have put it on, on hold for these past few months. Um, you'd have to look into it. But um so yeah, they moved uh, locations and everything, and that's you know that's where they've been since. Um, so they're talking the last thirteen years or so. Um, pretty much, they reconstructed the building. They 
redid the entire interior. They removed the whole second floor so they could create an open two-story space. So there's, when you go inside, there's like a mezzanine area that kind of goes around the outside, um, the upper level of the inside uh, interior there. And then the center is where basically the giant pastry counter is. It kind of runs like a giant L shape through pretty much the center of the shop there. And so they, you know, the whole interior was redone, uh, the display case too as well. So it's like combination of like wood, marble, Venetian plaster. Um, and the way they did it because of the, everything had to be really kind of precise and specific because of the way the electrical and ventilation was set up in the building. Um, German Village is pretty notorious for not granting um, abatements and stuff like that when people take over a space and are looking to, you know, do something to the exterior, add like an overhang or a patio or parking, like the German village council pretty much shoots most of that stuff down. Um, you know, as I think I mentioned on the rock Mill podcast, like Matthew Barbie, he had, he was trying to put rock Mill tavern over in German village and they just kept shooting everything down. And he actually wound up going over to the brewery district, right? Basically next door, the neighborhood over, and taken over the world of beer spot when they left the Whirly building. And actually the spot that he was looking at in German village, that is now, um, it's the Spanish, uh, it's Alpine. And, uh, I forget the name of the guy's other restaurant right next to it. It's a Spanish one. And then it's a German one It's the Alpine. And I can't remember off the top of my head, the, uh, the name of the Spanish one, but the Spanish one's actually better. Um, than Alpine. Alpine's like strictly German food. And then the other one is Spanish tapas. Um, so we've been to both those a handful of times, but we definitely like the the Spanish version better, um, more so than, than Alpine. But that was the same building that he, Rock Mill was actually looking at, but they just couldn't get anything through. So that's why everything with Pistachio Vera had to be super specific in where they were going to lay everything out was just because of all the, the rules and regulations that the council in German village just refuses to pass. They're very strict about keeping the historical preservation of all the buildings and everything, which I understand to a point, but, um, you know, you do have to have some flexibility on, you know, there's been a lot of modern advancements in plumbing and electrical and things like that. So, restricting people to certain, you know, guidelines as to the way they were or, you know, running wire, rerunning wire through the same space where it might not make sense financially or functionally is a little absurd, but um, they do it basically to just try and keep the integrity of the neighborhood as much as possible and, and not modernize it uh, too much. But uh, the exterior, you know, they were able to restore it. They repainted it. Um, so they wanted it to look as close as possible to one complete building, even though it's kind of two separate buildings in actuality. Um, and the design, uh, the design company that did it, uh, JBAD, uh, they actually received recognition for their work a couple years after they opened the uh, German village space in 2007. So it was 2009 when they got honored. Uh, they, it was the, uh, AIA of Columbus Merit Award, which I believe is a design, uh, I think it's like American Institute of Architecture of Columbus, uh, I believe is kind of the, the abbreviation there. But so, you know, it's a really well designed space. It's it 
normally when you're in there, there's a handful of tables too as well that you can sit at. Obviously you can't now because of coronavirus. Um, there's usually a patio tube out front that's got probably seven, eight tables or so. And there's probably like another five or six inside. Um, so they can see probably about, uh, I don't know, somewhere between like 25 and like 32 people, depending on, you know, if all the tables are filled and if it's three people at some of the tables and stuff like that. So it's a, you know, it's a nice space. It's really modern. It's, you know, they did a really nice job. Um, in 2003 is when they opened the second pistachio vera location. That's that one's inside the North market. So it's been there ever since. I mean, it was basically their return to short North essentially. Um, so they were five years away from short North before they opened their second location and, and came back that they still have that location. It's just closed right now because of coronavirus, probably not going to reopen anytime soon. A lot of the stuff in the North market is if they are open, you can't dine in there. So there's like a new ramen bar that's in there. That's handful of months old. And they took away all the seats at the counter. So you can get it to go, but you just can't, you know, dine in at an actual ramen bar. And I believe the guy who, um, it's called like, uh, Satori ramen bar, I think is the name of it. And I believe this chef who started that is actually like a, like a trained sushi chef. Um, and I don't know too much of his history. I haven't had it, so I haven't done a whole lot of research on him yet. Um, but I am that's kind of one place that I am looking to try at some point. It's just, it's been like 90 some degrees, like pretty much every day here in Columbus. So there's really not a whole lot of excitement around a hot bowl of ramen, um, right now until kind of things cool off and then maybe I'll, I'll get a chance to at least get it to go and, and kind of see what it's all about. But, uh, and then this year, um, you know, Spencer, he received a James Beard award nomination, um, for the outstanding Baker category. So he was a semifinalist for that. He didn't get named a finalist. Um, unfortunately when they dropped the, uh, the five, uh, finalists, I think that came out in May, I think is because normally the award ceremonies in May, but it got canceled. Well, pushed back. I think they rescheduled it to September this year, hoping to still have the ceremony. I don't think they're going to be able to, I think they're just going to have to announce the awards and like do it, do it virtually. But um, yeah, when the finalists came out, he was not named one of the finalists, but I mean, it was him. And then, uh, James Anderson from Ray Ray's hog pit were the two nominations that Columbus had basically out of the awards categories this year. But moving, you know, kind of forward. So, I mean, it's, it's pistachio Bear is really one of those places where it's kind of, it's, it's not a high end bakery and dessert place. I mean, it is, I don't want to say it's not high end, but like the stuff coming out of the kitchen that he's making is high end, but it's still affordable and approachable. I mean, the prices are a little elevated, but, um, it is kind of the place where if you had to get somebody like a, like a thank you gift or something, you know, we use it frequently for that. Like you can get them, you know, get people like macaroons, like a box of macaroons. I think it's like 24, 25 bucks and it's like 12 of them. Um, you know, and those are all made in house too. They're known for their pistachio one, which is kind of the, the joke, not necessarily a joke, but kind of the innuendo there. Cause the name is pistachio Vera. Um, so that's like their signature macaroon that's always on the menu. But 
I mean, we've had most most everything um, that they currently kind of have on a regular rotation right now. So like the almond croissant, like that's really good. The orange brioche um, is another favorite of mine. And then we've tried a bunch of other stuff. So the lemon tart's actually really good, though I'd like a little bit more crust on it, I think. Um, the croissant's a standard croissant, you know, uh, the butter croissant there. The ham and cheese croissant is really good, and I'm not somebody who likes ham and cheese things really too much. I'm not a breakfast sandwich person, um, but I did really like that. The rye croissant that they have, I'm not big on rye, and it's very rye, so... If you're not like a like a rye person or you like subtle rye, I, I would avoid that one. Um, the Pano chocolate had that too as well. I'm not really a big fan of having pastries with like a just a slab of chocolate in the middle. That's just really not my thing. Um, I think that's something I might appreciate more if I was a kid, but just now it's just not. It's just too rich almost. That it just it's just not what I want. And then the handful of desserts, like the chocolate Bombay, that's really dense, really rich. That's like chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. Um, what else here? The the Pain O Cersei, uh, that's a really good, it's like, a, it looks like a cinnamon roll, but it's basically a, um, like croissant dough glazed, but then there's also uh, like brandy soaked cherries in it too as well um and that's that's a really really good pastry that they make and it's pretty regularly on their menu at least right now um the eclair and i'm not normally an eclair person but the eclair was really good it has a really like balanced flavor between the vanilla and then like the chocolate glaze um, i was really impressed by that too as well so and then we've also gotten before too, I know like last year, I forget which holiday it was, um, but my wife got like a couple cakes, um, small cakes from them too as well. And they're good, but they're really like dense and really rich too as well. So like you would have like probably uh, if you figure normal piece of cake, cut that in half, like that's really all you would want in one sitting just because of the richness of of the cakes that they make there too. So pistachio vera, I mean, it's, it's one of our kind of premier bakeries. Um, it's kind of a destination bakery within the city. I mean, a lot of people drive from the suburbs to, you know, come pick up different items if, especially if they're having some sort of special event, um, at least in town too, as well. You know, it's walkable for me. It's walkable for a lot of people in German village. They get that traffic Marion village, which is close by. Uh, the brewery district, they get kind of all those people. And then, you know, they would get the short north traffic from the north market, especially on the weekends, which is a really big, like Saturdays is really big in the north market um, because they usually have a farmer's market too in the summer on Saturdays. So, I mean, you get people from kind of all over that, that go there and it's a good, you see a lot of people meeting up to grab coffee and stuff like that. And then their coffees that they do too as well. Um, they're usually, they usually have like three or four like specialty ones that you know, it's like cardamom and, and honey or, you know, something like that. So they have a couple different special specialty flavors that you can try too as well. Uh, and actually the former beverage director there is opening a, uh, cafe. I think it's called like Emmett's, uh, Emmett's cafe or Emmett's coffee and cafe or something like that. I talked about it on a food news podcast, uh, like a week or two ago. 
but um, that's going to be opening at some point this year right off South High Street. So we should have another good coffee shop. Um, I don't think the pastries there will be as good as what's at Pistachio Vera. I mean, there's just no way they could be. But um, the beverage program, since he is the beverage director formerly at Pistachio, does seem like, you know, that's going to be something to, to definitely try and keep an eye out since especially not a whole lot of new things opening or scheduled to open because of the coronavirus and all the uncertainty around that. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's one of the things that kind of we're excited to, to finally open and and try now that we've heard about it, that it's coming, you know, probably sometime in the fall. It sounds like, um, hopefully we'll be able to, to try that and see what that's all about. But, um, but yeah, I mean, pistachio very, you know, that's one of the places that we kind of frequent, um, I mean, it's walkable for us, so, you know, we can take our dogs on a walk there and back, even in the summertime when it's really hot, uh, if we go early enough in the morning. They're only open to, like, I think, like, 3. I think it's, like, 3 o'clock. And it's, I think they're, like, Wednesday through Sunday is their hours. But you can just check their website. Um, It's pretty much their, their Instagram account, too, as well. It's just at Pistachio Vera pretty simple uh p-i-s-t-a-c-i-a-v-e-r-a that's how you spell it uh but check out the web page too as well you can check out the spoon mob web page too um that we have a, a page up there for them kind of outlining all the core all the different items that we've had too as well i uh, kind of broke those down so you can kind of see a, a picture of it and then kind of a little explanation about what i picked up liked and like about each one so you can check that out before you go if you've never been. Um, just as a good kind of way to kind of see different things and and what they're all about and see if there's anything that's gonna intrigue you and something that you want to order. Um, you know, check out uh, their Instagram. I think we got a couple posts about them up too as well uh, in our feed if you scroll back um, to. But and then. Um, so kind of the, this is the first half of the podcast and the second half here, um, is actually Ben tried pistachio vera for the first time. It's about a week ago. Um, we ordered a bunch of stuff and then, uh, you know, just kind of took a break and in the middle of one of the podcasts and, and had a bunch of pastry and, uh, we talk about it. And then also kind of after that, just kind of break down where we're both at with coronavirus, um, in Columbus, which, it's only a week ago, but so much of it has changed in terms of, you know, mask mandates too. And, and now I guess, um, you know, recording this on a Sunday and it came out when the governor was doing some, uh, interviews on kind of the Sunday talk shows that, uh, he's probably going to be implementing some rules and regulations and restrictions this week. So, uh, it's very likely that we could, uh, be, at least Franklin County and Columbus could be in a shutdown situation by the end of the week. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, the fun continues, I guess, with, with coronavirus and everything, but, um, so yeah, here's, uh, here's the podcast that, uh, Ben and I kind of did on, uh, him trying pistachio vera for the first time. Well, we had, uh, the orange brioche, uh, the almond croissant. What else was in there? Um, let me pull up their website. It should have been prepared. Just doing this off the cuff. Um, 
Let me look at their menu. You just had a macaroon? Yeah, the pistachio macaroon. I just I can talk about that. I'll vamp for a second on that. Um, so I'm usually not a big macaroon fan. And uh, we were having a little discussion. That there's actually a third party here. We don't need to mention who that is. But um, the macaroon, like I'm usually not a fan of macaroons. They're always like these dry, I don't know. I feel like they stick to the roof of my mouth. This macaroon was... I think changed my opinion on macaroons forever. It was the first good macaroon. That yeah, you had. it's the first like real fresh macaroon I've had. Um, yeah, they can be too like almost like styrofoamy. Yes, if you yeah, those, that's and how you can kind of tell. Like eh, this that had that texture on the outside, but in the inside, it was like a almost like an underdone cookie. Yeah, and I loved it. So I had no idea about this place, and I think I'm going to be a a frequent flyer. Yeah. So they're just uh, in German village uh, right off the main street there. Just, um, you know, really easy to get to. They were closed for a couple months and then they reopened at the beginning of June and they installed basically a order online system too. I mean, you can go into the store and you just have to wear a mask, but you can go in there and order, but it's just easier if you just order for pickup cause they run out of stuff um, too as well. So sometimes depending on what's on there, website might not actually be in the store like today apparently they had uh just normal croissants listed on the website for you could order but like when you actually get there they were all gone i guess so today was a pretty busy day uh one of the other things we got here too we got the the pain paino cerces i don't know if i'm saying that right Probably not. It's French. My French is so bad now. I don't even try anymore. Yeah, I'm just gonna let you eat that. <laughs> like you know, like I'm not even gonna try to correct you because I don't know either. And I, um, but anyways, that was the it's the, the bourbon soaked chair. Was it bourbon soaked? Uh, yeah. brandy soaked. Yeah, yeah. That's more French. Brandy soaked. Yeah, brandy soaked cherries. cherries, vanilla pastry. It was basically like uh, reminded me. At least it looks kind of like a cinnamon roll. Yeah. In shape, it's kind of got that like pinwheel, and then there's some cherries on top, and then inside too as well, depending I guess on which one that you wound up getting that they made. But yeah, that was really good. And it was like that wasn't cream cheese in the middle, right? That was something else. No, uh, vanilla. Just says vanilla pastry. Yeah, cream. but it almost it was like the the best cherry. Dan- you know what it was? So it was like a Danish that was like pretty growing up and then moved to LA and got some plastic surgery and is now like just going all in on the IG model thing. There you go. And like, you know, it's not a Danish anymore, but it still kind of is. And you kind of hate yourself for liking it more than a Danish. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. What and we got? Um, what was the, we got something else too. I don't remember what it There's was. There's orange brioche, the almond croissant. Yeah. The, what was the, the oh heart, the little the pinwheel heart shape thing oh fired what was it do you know palme 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 yeah that was just like light flaky and crispy goodness like lots of butter lots of sugar great yeah it reminded me of um, you could get them at like almost like a at the fair, they would do these, um, they're not like waffle cookies, but it was like, they, so the fair back, uh, where my parents live, like 
there was always a stand and they were kind of um they kind of looked like a, a waffle like the cross hatching or whatever but they were like real light and then they would just like deep fry them in oil real quick and then cover them in powdered sugar like it's kind of the same texture oh okay as that but like they're only good for like a day like if you don't eat them after the first day then they turn into just kind of yeah and after eating that macaroon i feel like i've only had six month old macaroons in my life there yeah we have a there's a place in the short north i haven't been to it it's like macaroon bar um i think it's actually a place out of cincinnati originated it and then they opened a location here i haven't been to it it looked open the other day like a week or two ago when we were going through the short north because there's like half of the short north's closed right now um because of the coronavirus just stuff's not open down there but that looked like they were open at least they had the sign up in their their window that they were um but yeah uh i mean pistachio vera i mean obviously on previous podcasts you know went into kind of the history of it and spencer Boudros there who's the the chef owner um along with his sister who they founded it but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like one of our go-to spots, not too far from where we live. Um, you know, they're open. They're, they're usually pretty busy on the weekend, and they haven't reopened their North Market location yet just because of all the COVID stuff. But they're one of the few pastry shops that are open and staying open. With all the I mean, I can see why. Stuff. Like, um, everything I had was really delicious. Yeah, we got, um, Katie got cakes from there for Thanksgiving or Christmas or something last year. I mean, they're, they're good. There's really like, like dense and like rich though. So like you know, small piece is like, you're good. You don't want like anymore mm-hmm. until like the next day or whatever. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's pistachio vera. It's pretty much the only pastry shop that we got right now fox in the snow closed again just because all the coronavirus stuff so i don't know there's nothing just a lot of places just aren't open right now and it's kind of a struggle to find good places to eat because a lot of them are still closed or yeah and i think uh the issue i have is that it's like even if a place is open you're not really sure if the hours posted are correct or like if there's is there yeah. a reservation required? Like I can't go on Yelp and look at your hours cause that's going to be wrong. I do. I go to your website. Has your website been updated? Google's not always right either. Yeah. I've run into that. Yeah. So you I always oh. feel bad for the restaurants because like they, not that they can even fill themselves to capacity, which is just a, a tragedy from them from a business standpoint. But it's like, are you missing out on traffic because there's just so much uncertainty? Yeah. You basically have to go onto their Instagram yeah. And then yeah. if you can't find any post within the last like two, three days that says, yeah, we're open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to go on their website. And then even some of the websites, you're like, uh, I might need to call and see. Right. If, and- you know, if they're open from that. So, it, yeah, it's, it's weird. There's like just a lack of, I guess, almost like confidence in the system that places are going to be open because there's just so many different nor before COVID, it was just everything confirmed. Like these are the hours and like everybody had that. Now it's like, well, these might not be the right hours. These could be holiday hour. Like yeah, all this like, stuff is like contradicting itself. We had this menu, but not so much anymore because like food cost is way different now because we have to, yeah. you know, 
got this huge space, but we can only use half of it. Like, yeah. And you have to like, I mean, I can only imagine if it's, you know, a smaller place and like one of the owners or the general managers, like running the social media and the website or something. And like, cause that's turned into like a full-time job now just to make sure that people know that you're open. Yeah. No. That's... And like that your stuff's current, especially going into the weekends. Cause and that's then, when you're getting all your business. I can't even imagine like all the different protocols you probably have to do, you know, from a safety standpoint, like cleaning and yeah. it's just, it's gotta know. be a I bit of a nightmare. Yeah. I don't envy being in the restaurant business right now. No. I mean, it's I hard, mean, hard enough as it is. And stuff's closing back down or, you know, I mean, basically you're just at the whim of whatever government regulations come out pretty much from like a local state standpoint. But I mean, I think, I think this morning, like they said, Atlanta, or it might even be the whole state of Georgia. Like they wanted to go back to like phase one of like the reopening, which is basically just going back on lockdown. Wow. I had heard about that. That's crazy. I caught that. Georgia's weird too, because it's really just Atlanta and everyone else, you know, Atlanta's so much bigger than any. Yeah. But I'm just saying like the scale of Atlanta is like, I don't know, probably close to 10 million people in the Metro. And it dictates what the rest of the state does. For yeah. Sure. And it's like, you know, is Savannah having an issue? Is Augusta I think was, having an issue? I think it was know? Athens, Atlanta and Savannah were kind of, cause they started doing, um, they had a mask ordinance that they put in place, which is basically the same thing that we have here. Like yeah. if you're indoors, wear your mask. If you're outside, you don't need to, unless you can't be six feet away from other people, then, then you need to wear it. I mean, that's, Pretty much the standard protocol across the board now, it seems. Yeah. We're at level three here in Columbus now, right? Yeah, but we're not purple yet. Which is purple four then, I guess. There's I guess. Like, there's a I don't know. Cover, color-coded It's all a conspiracy, too. man. We're just dark red still. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think anything really came out yesterday. It was, I mean, it was mostly like now it's like schools reopening was kind of the big topic like yesterday if they're actually going to do it or online or if they don't reopen do the distance learning thing like what is what happens for parents and all this stuff because they're talking about college football not coming back because i mean don't trigger me ray well they already canceled at least the big 10 basically canceled all their out of conference football games yeah um, and I think the SEC is probably not far behind, but they're they're going to wait to the last minute. Like, oh yeah, for sure. They were kind of shocked that everybody's already like calling it, because I mean, it is, I mean to be fair, like there's two, a lot of time to go. I mean, it's two months really. That's, I mean, this stuff changes daily. Like from the beginning of this week, you could basically be in LA and eat in a restaurant, and then by the end of the week, like you can only get takeout. Like it yeah, changes no, that fast. Yeah. So in it, a it week. is, it's almost like you don't, I kind of agree with that line. I think like, it's, let's get more information and make the right decision. Um, I guess you can't really argue with, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know enough. It's a thing. We just don't know enough. It's like, no. are these kids fine? Like, you know, you see the football teams, all these guys testing positive and none of them really have any symptoms. You're like, then so what? Like, so what if they play college football? But then if there's one guy that does get it really bad, like he just yeah. had some underlying condition that nobody thought about. Yeah, I still don't really understand how, like, f- like 
not even necessarily football because it's just it's not on the verge of starting yet even though it's getting close but like the basketball thing like with the bubble where it's like all these dudes like basically anybody so far who's tested positive has just said i'm not gonna play the rest of the season so they haven't even had to deal with games already started and someone tests positive then what like that scenario hasn't even happened yet like the mls like they were doing a tournament and they sent like two teams home because they just had too many coronavirus positives i think it was like the nashville team and like the one from dallas interesting yeah i don't know it's weird but point being uh pistachio vera is open for business and it's delicious yep you can order online um follow all their they're on instagram too i think it's just at pistachio vera if i remember correctly um yeah i'm pretty sure let me look highly recommend the cherry soaked pastry yeah it's really good brandy soaked cherries let's see but yeah it should be just at pistachio vera on instagram there um and then i don't remember if spencer i don't think i think spencer just uses that account the chef owner but um yeah so just wanted to get uh, ben's reactions to pistachio vera first time he's had it yeah and if there's anything interesting we should try there you know put that in the comments on the instagram or uh make sure to go to the the podcast page rate us five stars and make fun of my voice um anything you want to do any feedback you can provide but yeah just uh wanted to get ben's reaction and ben will be popping up randomly on as he gets to try more stuff in columbus and i mean you've been to rock mill um still haven't had the fish and chips but i had one day i had that last weekend was it good yeah it's good can we go there now? I'm just kidding. We just ate like 15 pastries, but I know. yeah, I'm full. Um, but yeah, follow, follow spoon mob, you know, as we've been saying, Instagram, check out the website. There's a pistachio Vera page up there. Also check out the previous pistachio Vera pod, um, too, as well. That I just kind of go into the history and, and Spencer, uh, Boudros, who's the chef owner with his sister, his background too, and, and everything. Like I said, he got nominated for a James Beard award this year. Um, wasn't named a finalist, just a semi-finalist though, but still nice to have, you know, that level of recognition coming to Columbus a little bit since our food scene is definitely, as I've been on the record, um, not really up to par with Cincinnati. Uh, maybe we're neck and neck with Cleveland. I don't know. Cleveland's got some cool stuff. If you can find it, we're a little more, um, kind of basic here. I don't know, but uh, yeah, follow us, you know, on Instagram and all that stuff. Check out the website, um, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Check out, we have them on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Shoot us any feedback, comments, questions, and uh, until next time.